It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On BYU, your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome on in to Locked On BYU, your daily podcast covering the BYU Cougars. My name's Jay Catch. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City as their BYU beat reporter. I'm also your BYU insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network, covering BYU for you every day with a podcast every single weekday. And it's been a blast. We're almost to a week into this new venture. And I have to say, I really am feeling the love from BYU fans. I, I want every one of you that is new or has listened since the beginning to know that I appreciate your patronage, that you guys are willing to download the podcast to support me in this venture, and to show that BYU fans, they they eat up content. I think that my bosses, both at The Zone and also with the Locked On Podcast Network, are fully aware of the appetite BYU fans have for content about their team. But once again, I want to thank you guys for downloading the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to bring it to you. Looking forward to doing it for a long, long time. Just give you kind of a layout of today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about scheduling yesterday in the wake of BYU and former rival Wyoming. And we can talk about rival here in a minute. Uh, they scheduled a home and home series for the next, uh, for 2022 and 2024. So that'll be coming up here in this first segment. We'll get to that. In the second segment, I'm going to let you listen to an interview that myself and then also a good friend of mine, Brandon Gurney, who writes for the Deseret News, we talked with BYU cornerback Bo. Tanner yesterday during BYU media availability. Let you hear a little bit from him on why he decided to come back to BYU after he announced that he was going to leave the program originally. That came out, I believe, in the in the spring. He sent out a tweet or was on Instagram that said, "Hey, I'm. Uh, it's been fun. It's been real, but I'm out of here, BYU." You'll hear why he came back what he makes of the position change to cornerback, how honored he feels to be trusted by the coaches to be listed in the two deep and as a starter at the nickelback spot already coming back to BYU. It was a good interview, so I think you'll enjoy that. We'll get some thoughts from him. So that would be Bo Tanner, BYU senior cornerback, coming up in the second segment. And then the final segment, I sent out a tweet asking for questions for the podcast. We'll get to as many of those as we possibly can in a mailbag segment at the end of the show. So that's kind of how it lays out for you here. And once again, Again, if you're new or longtime listener, I appreciate you guys downloading the podcast. Please share it with your friends. And if you don't mind going on iTunes or uh, Google Play, wherever you download your podcasts at, please subscribe. Also, give us a good rating and review. It helps out getting the word out that way as well. Uh, the word of mouth has been awesome. I've had multiple people reaching out um, telling me how much they enjoy the podcast. So once again, thank you for taking the time to download us. All right, let's talk about it. BYU and Wyoming schedule a future home and home series. They'll play in Provo on t- in 2022 in late September, September 24th to be exact in 2022. And then the series will switch to Laramie two years later um, up there at War Memorial Stadium on September 28th, 2024. 
Uh, these two teams, longtime rivals, have played 78 times through the years since they first met in 1922, I believe, was the was the, what the release said yesterday. Yeah, 22, correct. Um, but I think this is a good series for BYU. And I get it. BYU fans are always going to throw out the line from, from Lavelle Edwards after a loss. He said that I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. That'll live on forever. And Lavelle Edwards is near and dear to my heart. He was a good man, and that's one of his all-time great quotes. He had some good ones, but that was just an all-time zinger. And... BYU fans, I get, they wanted a two-for-one or this game should have just been a one-off that plays in Provo, etc. This is a game that has regional significance, and I think that's something that BYU needs on future schedules. Looking at the future schedules for BYU in 2019 and 2020, the schedules are loaded, people. I, I don't know how to any, way other, any other way to pick to pick a bone about it. The home schedule in 2019 includes teams like USC, Washington, Boise State, and Utah. And on the road, you also face Tennessee, a San Diego State team that's not been a been no slouch, and also Toledo. And then you go to 2020, your home slate includes Michigan State, Missouri, San Diego State, Houston. Uh, it's just it's it's crazy the away in 2020 the away games Arizona State's on that schedule Boise State there Stanford Utah Minnesota man BYU has scheduled a ridiculous strength of schedule over the next three years this year is pretty strong the first month especially facing two top five teams in Wisconsin and Washington I, I feel like a game like Wyoming especially where it's being placed in kind of that late September we always know that BYU schedules as an independent are going to be front-loaded. You go out to 2022. Currently, the 2022 home slate includes Baylor, East Carolina, and Wyoming. Uh, the road slate that year, Boise State, Stanford, Oregon, Utah. You need some wins scheduled on there. and Who knows what, what Wyoming will be? Craig Bull, their coach up there, has done great things. I actually am a big admirer of his. What he did at North Dakota State and then deciding, hey, I want to give, give this a shot at the next level, up at the FBS level, jumping up from the FCS when he could have stayed at North Dakota State and coached his entire rest of his career and been very comfortable. But he wanted to give, give it another shot. He got Josh Allen in there, who was a top 10 NFL draft pick last year. So if he continues on, he's coaching when BYU uh, shows up on the schedule for them in 2022. I don't think there'll be a slap, no, no pushover. But BYU fans, the the familiarity, the 78 year, 78 game series, 78 game series. Apologies for stumbling over my words there, is something that I really really like and. This leads me to my overarching point. We'll have to get dig deeper into this at some point, maybe on one of the days when the season is over and whatnot, because we got a lot of information to get through. But I think the BYU needs to pursue an annual scheduling agreement with the Mountain West Conference, a la Notre Dame with the ACC. I know you're going to scream, well, it's the ACC, it's Power 5, that's what Notre I get that. And Notre Dame not necessarily fit, doesn't necessarily fit in the ACC footprint because they're more of a Big Ten footprint school. But I don't think the Big Ten necessarily wants to do Notre Dame any big favors. But the Mountain West, if BYU could get maybe four games contracted annually, let's say two away, two home, and each year you have those four games locked in, 
rotating through the 12 teams in the Mountain West that BYU has history with, I think it would be great. I think BYU's got a little bit of an unspoken scheduling alliance with the with uh, the Pac-12 over the deal that USC and Stanford have with Notre Dame. BYU is that team that helps balance that schedule out at the end of the year. That's why you're seeing USC and Stanford start to show up on the schedule at the end of the year. Utah is also part of that this year. So I don't know if you necessarily would be able to get a formal agreement from the Pac-12 where you'd say, Let's get, can we get four games a year? I don't think you'll get that. But they already have a little bit of a locked-in deal, like I said, with the USC and Stanford situation when it comes to playing Notre Dame. So that helps BYU out there. If they can expand their footprint and just continue to play teams here in the Western United States, BYU fans will show up to these games BYU fans have familiarity with all these opponents and maybe good or bad. Wyoming's a special, special place. Any of you that are listening that have been to Laramie know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm actually quite fond of Laramie. I find it to be a charming town. Okay, charm okay. Charming's probably a little bit of a little bit of a stretch there, but getting back to my point. I think that if BYU could get four games a year out of the Mountain West, two home, two away, that would definitely help their scheduling. And you can play some wherever. The Mountain West, as we've seen on schedules already, has not been hard to work with necessarily when it's coming to BYU putting games in September, October, or November. They've been placed everywhere. Boise State's been moved all over the 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 map when it comes to BYU schedules in the past. So I think that's just something that BYU needs to get. But I am excited to see BYU. BYU and Wyoming square off again. It was fun to see them in that bowl game a few years back. I think this is something that's good for BYU. It's a regional team. It beats playing a team like Liberty. No offense to the Flames. No offense to teams like Eastern Carolina. That's a lot of travel. You're not going to get as big of a response from BYU fans when it comes to teams like that. They have their place on the schedule. I get it. Georgia Southern's another one that comes to mind that's coming up. But I feel like if you can play a team like Wyoming, you can play San Diego State, you get teams like that on the schedule. BYU fans are very familiar with these teams, and they they, they remember the days in the WAC and the Mountain West, and I think it's something that's good for BYU. So that's just kind of my thought on the scheduling. I, I Hopefully BYU can continue to schedule well. I think they've done a great job. Tom Homo promised when BYU went independent, give me two or three years and we'll get it up and rolling. I think this year, 2018, 2019, 2020, are kind of the payoff years finally where you're getting a good balance of Power 5 games away and home. So he's done his part. And as long as BYU is an independent, I think pursuing something with the Mountain West, and I'm, I'm not going to say join the conference in uh, as a full member. I get that. I don't think that's on the table. But as getting a scheduling agreement with them would be absolutely phenomenal. And that's just kind of how I think BYU would be would be benefited from it. I think the, the Mountain West has benefited from it, no doubt. And I think it would be a good thing for both parties. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on the Wyoming and BYU series wrapping up the first segment here and we'll be back on the other side gonna let you listen to an interview like i said yesterday brandon gurney a good friend of mine who works with deseret news covering byu he and i uh both were doing an interview with bo tanner byu cornerback a little bit little bit about his return to byu and how he likes playing cornerback now that he's back we'll get to that next right here on locked on byu thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast just a reminder if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 
of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring Locked On BYU. This podcast is listened to by 98% men, and 80% of those men are the desirable ages of 18 to 44, so if you want those demographics, this is your spot to advertise. Plus, our rates are very reasonable. Email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com to find out more. We'll be back on the other side with Bo Tanner. This is Locked on BYU. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Do you guys feel it? Do you guys feel what's going on in the air? It's fall time, and that means football is on its way, and that means it's also fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place for you to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe them? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team team each week to win and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season this contest locks before week one so don't miss out on your chance and sign up now FanDuel is something I've used for a long time. I've always loved their daily fantasy leagues. It gives me a chance to pick players, pick teams, and have a chance to win money. Well, this is another chance to win. $250,000 should be a fantastic season playing along with FanDuel. I'm really excited to be part of FanDuel this season playing, like I said, those daily fantasy leagues. I'm really excited to try out this new Survivor Contest. It's a fun way to compete with your friends, family, and even just complete strangers. To get in on the free two. $250,000 Survivor Contest. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me and everyone else at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Locked On NFL has become the Locked On NFL of experts. Matt Williamson hosts Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he has a brand new lineup this fall. Every Monday will be Locked On's local experts on the biggest stories in the NFL. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus will join the podcast every Wednesday, and ESPN's amazing reporter Mike Sando joins the show on Thursdays. Be sure to follow Locked On NFL on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, to get this amazing content. The NFL's coming, people, so check that out. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. I'm Jay Catch, your BYU insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, appreciate each and every one of you who have downloaded the podcast, have listened. And if you've got questions, concerns, or comments, hit us up on Twitter. The Twitter handle is LockedOnBYU. You can find us on Facebook under the same name, LockedOnBYU. Email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. It's my formal given name. Uh, Check that out, J-A-C-O-B-C-H-A-T-C-H. You can find me on Twitter and hit me up there as well. I mentioned right before the break we were going to talk with Bo Tanner, BYU cornerback, and I thought this was a good conversation. Uh, This guy 
BYU fans had written him off because he announced, hey, I'm transferring. He put it on social media during the spring. And then, lo and behold, we get out to fall camp. And I believe it was almost about a week in. And we see a, a familiar number, number 33, I believe, is what Tanner was wearing. He might have changed that. But he shows up on the practice field. And everybody kind of looks at each other and says, is that Bo Tanner? So I happened to ask the sports information people at BYU and said, hey, is that Bo Tanner out there with the cornerbacks? Oh, they were like, oh, yeah, he's back with the team. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So I had a chance to catch up with him finally yesterday, talking with him about his decision to return to BYU, playing cornerback, uh, growing up in Arizona, and how excited he is to go to his home state and play in Tucson. Even though he's from the Phoenix area, he expects to have quite a bit of support, of course, as you would expect at, in the season opener on at Arizona on Saturday night. So let's get to it. Here's Bo Tanner with me here on Locked on BYU. Here with Bo Tanner. Bo, first things first, you announced on social media in April that you were you were leaving the program, but now you're back. So can you take us through the whole yeah. story right there? Yeah, for sure. Um I just decided to leave the program just because I wasn't really comfortable with the position change and, you know, battled some injuries through spring ball and never got to play spring ball and then didn't think defense was something I wanted to do, so announced that I was leaving and then it was kind of a long process to get the release and everything and then when I did, I just kind of missed being around the guys and I don't know, I've been here for two years now and really love my teammates and everything, so I missed that and noticed kind of you know, as soon as camp started, I was always calling one of my teammates or someone, asking, like, who did good in camp, like, what happened? And so at that point, I kind of realized I wanted to come back, and one of the coaches on the staff had reached out to me and said that that opportunity was there. And so um, I was really happy um, for the opportunity to come back, you know, in the middle of camp and be back with everyone. And um, definitely missed out on a lot where I probably could have, you know, learned the defense faster and everything. But I'm glad where I'm at right now, and it's good to be back. You're now in the two deep. You see the starting at the starting nickelback. What does that mean to you? Have you moved up the depth chart that quickly? Um, it's been good. Like it was definitely a challenge. Um, only having, you know, a couple weeks um, to really learn the position. Something I've never done before. I never played cornerback. I played a little bit of safety in high school. So it was definitely a lot to learn. But the coaches were really good with me. You know, trying to teach me all the technique. And I still, you know, have a long way to go when it comes to learning. You know, all the technique with all the different calls and everything. But I'm excited, you know, to be on defense. It's fun. You know, everyone's really um, gets riled up together, um, pumps each other up on the defense. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a fun experience. You're a Valley guy going out of Tucson. Is, is it nice to be going home to play a game? I know it's not home, home, but right, right. close enough. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Any time to go back home and, you know, be in that sun. You know, people out here hate the heat, but I love it. I mean, your body's always warm. I love the sweat. You know, that's what type of football I grew up playing. So I'm really excited to go down there. And, you know, I know some people over there on um, Arizona's side. And it'll be fun to go down there and be able, my family will be able to come out. It's only a couple hours from where I'm from in Phoenix. So super excited. You got a pretty pretty good quarterback on the other side. I know you're playing corner, so you're up more out of an island with these wide receivers, but how important is it to contain him? Super important. He's a he's a really good um, proven player. He proved himself last year. Um, he's a big kid. He's fast, and like you said, I'm on an island, but he does have a big arm, and he likes to take shots to some of his bigger receivers, so it'll be a great opportunity. I'm excited. You know, It'll be fun for our defense to really show 
um, how good we are against um, someone of that caliber, you know, who's a Heisman candidate preseason already. And so it'll be fun. I think we're definitely um, ready for him and up for that task and battle. And I think our defense is going to do really well against him. When's the last time you played cornerback in, in a live football game? Um, never. I think actually a couple times in high school when we played a couple teams that kind of had a um, good receiver, they moved from safety a couple times and play corner on him. But I've really never learned the technique um, up until now and really never played consistently in a live setting ever. I've always played um, primarily offense and then played a little bit of safety growing up too. When was the decision made to switch you to cornerback? Um, they made it in um, spring ball. Um, we did a tackling drill, I think, and they – um, Ed Lamb gave the offensive players an opportunity to be on the defensive side of the tackling drill um, for special teams purposes, and I think that kind of sparked their interest. And um, they initiated that conversation with me. And like I said, I was initially not something I wanted to do, but uh, I think my game really um, fits playing quarterback and fits playing defense. I love the phys- physicality of it and being physical. And you know, it's been it's been a good fit, I think. So, so you must have been a pretty good tackler. I mean, relative to those <laughs> other receivers, at least. Uh, yeah, I had a good day. You know, uh, I've always loved tackling, playing safety in high school and stuff, and I've always loved the physical part of the game. And so, I think they kind of saw that a little bit at receiver when I was blocking and different things like that. So, um, yeah, probably kudos or thanks to that drill that I'm playing defense. What's the biggest hurdle to overcome, maybe technique wise, playing cornerback? Um, it's a lot more technique than I would have ever thought you know I thought with my speed and um, being fast and strong and physical I'd be fine it'd be something I'd just be able to pick up in a couple days but there's just so much technique to um, the way you cover a receiver is so different you know as a receiver you know what you're doing you know what moves you're making you know how to set up a DB but as a DB you're really um I think the biggest thing was looking at the hips. You know, you're supposed to keep your eyes low and look at the hips and react to them. And um, that's probably been the biggest um, struggle for me was just just overall the technique is a lot different than receiver, a lot more technical than I would have ever thought. You mentioned your speed. Can that make up for some of the lack of technique? Yeah, definitely. I think that's what they liked is just the confidence I had with my speed. I just line up against anyone and just be like, you know, let's go. The technique was pretty bad, really bad at the beginning, and I still have, you know, a ways to go, like I said. But the speed definitely helps, you know, when you're bite on double moves, I have the opportunity um, a lot of the time to have that catch-up speed and catch up to the receiver and make a play on the ball. So I think the speed is definitely what um, interests the coaches in moving me to the position. What would you estimate your 40 time is right now? You know, I haven't tested in a while. Last time I tested it here was a 4-3, and uh, I think anywhere in that 4-3 range I've been running um, since high school, and I think I'm right about there now. I wasn't here for the mandatory workouts over the summer or anything, but I've kept myself in good shape. Did you do sprints at all in high school or anything like that? No, I didn't. I really wish I would have, I guess. Um, after football and basketball, I just wanted a chance to you know, hang out with my friends, <laughs> being a little immature in high school, and track was never something that really interested me a lot. But it would have been fun to have those times and everything. I, looking back, I wish I would have, but never did. There you have it. Guy can run in the four threes and he never ran sprints in high school. That that to me is it's astounding. He's got speed to burn people. If he has a decent year this year, his size and speed combination will get him NFL looks alone. You meant, yeah, I asked him like, so can your your speed make up for the lack of technique? He's like, oh yeah, it can. And it's something that you can't teach. You can't teach speed. 
as much as people may think they can, it's a God-given gift, and Bo Tanner's got a lot of it. So appreciate him taking the time. It was a blast to catch up with him, talk to him, and I'm, I'm expecting him to, to be on the field on Saturday night in a significant role. He's currently listed as a co-starter at the, at the cornerback spot alongside Michael Shelton, but he's also listed as a starting nickelback when BYU goes to, goes to the five defensive back set, taking a linebacker off the field. I would guess a guy that goes off would probably be Sione Takitaki, maybe Butch Pau, but... I don't know, one of those guys goes off and then Bo Tanner's on the field. So we'll see what happens on Saturday night. Appreciate him taking the time. All right, we will take our penultimate timeout here on the podcast and come back. Uh, It's Listener Mailbag Day. Get to some of your questions you sent in on Twitter. Like I said, hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnBYU. If you've got these questions, you also can email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on the other side. This is Locked On BYU, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Guys, working in the sports media industry, I have a lot of people ask me for advice, especially when it comes to sports betting. Usually it's what team to bet on each week, but the truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash today and you also could win big. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and for fantasy people out there fantasy fans you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game there's a lot to do and a lot of fun to be had with my bookie that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie if you win they pay Here's what I want you guys to do. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. MyBookie is currently matching listeners' first deposits 100% up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. Welcome back. It's crunch time for fantasy football, and the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering in a big way. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, gives you the edge. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league. Check that out. I've got a couple of fantasy teams. I mentioned that we talked a little bit about the the FanDuel, the daily fantasy leagues. Stuff like this can help. So check out that Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 if you're a fantasy football guy like myself. Check that out. And this is Locked On BYU. I'm Jay Catch, Of course, you're Locked On BYU expert here on the podcast network. Thank you for taking the time to download us today. 
I threw it out on Twitter. This is I set, threw it out, I believe, Monday afternoon, or maybe, no, it was yesterday afternoon. I asked, hey, what questions do you have that you want me to answer on the podcast? I love to have fan interaction here, get questions answered that you may have been sitting on or haven't been able to get answered otherwise. So hit me up on Twitter. You can hit up the show Twitter feed at LockedOnBYU. You also can hit us up, hit myself up at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Let me know what questions you've got. Love talking with people about BYU. So lots of fun with that. So let's start things off. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things, a couple of questions that came in. Uh, Bradford H., he has the at BYU2NFL um That is his tag on Twitter. He asks, can you do a segment on BYU players and pro leagues, especially BYU to NFL guys? That is something I'm planning on doing, especially with the NFL. Uh, We have the final preseason games tomorrow, and then you're going to have those massive, massive roster cutdowns over the next couple of days. So I'm going to start doing that once the regular season gets going. I'll do something probably next week once we know all of the roster moves, who is sticking, who moved to new teams, who's now a free agent. We'll cover that all for you next week once we have a better idea of that, Bradford. But I do love you reaching out. Uh, Also for Grant Lundberg at FussI, he says, sometime this week, can you review Arizona's Arizona's expected schemes, new coaching, and their top players to watch other than Khalil Tate. That's coming on Friday. It'll be a full uh, preview for you to let you know what I think of Arizona, what I expect them to do, and yeah, with the new coach in Kevin Sumlin, what they're going to do there. Also, Noel Mazzoni. All right, so let's get to some actual questions here. A couple of questions here. Garrett at SF Garrett asks, who are breakout players that maybe didn't contribute last season that you think could have an impact this season? I can think of two right off the top of my head, and one on the offensive side, one on the defensive side. We'll start with offense, and then we're going to the offensive line. Brady Christensen. He is looking like he's going to be BYU's starting left tackle this year. They moved Thomas Schof inside to make way for this kid. He was a late addition to BYU signing class when he signed before his LDS mission, and there wasn't much thought of him. But he got home, and I don't know what changed or what happened, but he has blossomed into quite the prospect, and I think he's going to make a major impact. He's going to lock down that blind side for BYU's quarterbacks, and he's a guy I expect to have a pretty good year on the offensive line. I get that the O-line gets overlooked a lot, doesn't necessarily garner headlines, but keep an eye on the left tackle. On the defensive side of things, Garrett, Austin Lee. Uh, you've probably heard me mention his name a couple of times here on the podcast. If you've heard me here on local radio, I've mentioned his name as a breakout guy. Former Utah transfer. He's been kind of playing in the in the shadows behind other guys, waiting for his time. And I really, really feel like spring ball this year, he really took a step forward, proved he could be an every down guy on the field at the safety position. And I know that the coaches moved Troy Warner and Dion Gonwoloku over to the, over to safety this year, but there's going to be a three-man rotation, and Austin Lee factors in heavily to this. I really feel like he is a guy in the vein of a Daniel Sorensen type of player that just makes plays on the field. Will that result? Will we actually see that in games? That's that's yet to be determined. But what I've seen in practice from him really really impresses me, and I'm expecting him to have a pretty good year. 
couple other questions here. Mark Johnson at Evil Devil Doll. It's E-V-I-L-D-V-L Doll. I'm guessing it's Evil Devil Doll. He says, how much of Tanner's struggles last year can we contribute to the previous coaching staff? That's a great question, uh, Mark. And I just, I feel like there were failings on both sides. Kalani Satake has acknowledged that Naming Tanner the starter throughout the summer, fall, spring, it was pretty much he was he was crowned the starting quarterback and there was no debate about it. Kalani Satake acknowledged that was a that was a mistake. He should have made Tanner try to earn the job and I think that there was yeah I think that maybe some of the schemes didn't match up with his skill set necessarily it seemed like there was a disconnect between him and Ty Detmer on some level for whatever reason I don't know but him not having to compete for the job may have almost led him to have some complacency which is a question if you listen to the podcast yesterday the question was asked of Tanner how he avoided it this time and he said I was pushed I needed to earn this job back Maybe that would have resulted in a better 2017 season, but I don't know. I, I, I do believe that there were issues on both sides. There was coaching things. It just seemed like there was a disconnect between Tanner and Ty Detmer, and it, it resulted in what we saw last year. And I think the, the injuries also played into it. All right, one other thing here for you. Uh, there's been some questions. I had multiple come in. I believe uh, Spencer Wilson, he's at Wilson11Spencer, asked about this guy. A couple other people, I apologize if I didn't get your name mentioned here, but they asked about Wayne Tay Kirby, the defensive tackle for BYU. Dick Harmon asked Kalani Sitake earlier this week about um, if Kirby would be would be rejoining the team. He didn't ask about Kirby, I think, necessarily by name, but he asked any players that could be added to the roster. And Kalani was very vague and said, yes, that could happen. Um, I know that Wayne's been hoping to rejoin the team. It would be good if he can get back on the field, a former Oregon transfer who played a significant role for the Ducks as a true freshman. If they can get him on the field, it only helps bolster the depth for BYU, especially after the news from Tavita Moonga saying that he's going to redshirt this year. Um, hopefully we'll see Wayne's name pop up on the roster here. I think we'll see a few few more names this week. Some guys that uh, didn't necessarily, we, we maybe expected to see um, in fall camp, never actually showed up, maybe could join the team this week. And especially next week when school starts and the rosters can expand there, that could really be the, the launching point. Because um, you can go from 110 to, I believe, 123. So there's 13 more names you can add to the roster at that point. And if Wayne not on that list at minimum you're likely not seeing him this season I can say that much alright so there you go I've uh, got a lot more questions so we're going to do some more of this tomorrow we'll get to more of them so thank you for sending in your questions please send in more uh, my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch also the show Twitter feed at Locked On BYU you can um, send in your questions that way and we'll get to more of them it's been we got overwhelmed we just ran out of time today but we'll get to more of those like I said, my name is Jay Catch. You can find me online at on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Of course, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, pretty much anywhere you can get down, downloaded podcasts or you, you, you can download podcasts. You can find us there. Check us out at Locked on BYU. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow talking all things BYU. This has been Locked on BYU for August 20th. 29th. Have a great day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.